One of the things I noticed yesterday during Christmas is that uh, we exchange gifts and presents on Christmas Day. Uh, You probably do something similar as well, whether Christmas Day or another day. And I noticed that in the giving and receiving of presents, it's not just the giving and receiving of presents. There is often an opportunity to kind of reflect on the gifts that we're given. I noticed that often the gift giver wants to talk a little bit about how they got that gift, like how, what the work they had to do to find it, how they thought of this gift as opposed to that gift, maybe even the sacrifice it took to make that gift possible. And I noticed that uh, oftentimes the gift receiver wants to spend some time reflecting on, oh man, this is what I was hoping for, or wow, this is really great, or even how did you think to come up with this gift? And that here we are the day after Christmas and there's lots to reflect on. We can reflect on food or traditions or family or memories. But this morning I'd like to reflect on gifts. The giving and receiving of gifts. Because as much as the other stuff makes Christmas wonderful, let's be honest, so do the gifts. I mean, especially if you're a child. Like, I mean, that is the deal. Advent calendar, Christmas trees, all of that. I mean, but come on, the gifts, the presents. And so as we think about gifts this morning, if you are a child, I just want you to think about how you felt waiting for Christmas and the joy you felt maybe yesterday opening presents or something that you were waiting for that you were super excited for. And I want you to kind of have that in your mind as we think about gifts this morning. If you're here like me and you're not a child anymore, try to remember back to what it was like when you were younger and you were desperately longing or hoping for that one package that was a certain size and shape, that one thing that you were looking forward to, to reflect on why gifts are so wonderful. As I was thinking about gifts, two thoughts came to mind for why they're such a blessing why they're so great, why they make Christmas so much fun. The first is that gifts bring with them the promise of a better tomorrow. They make tomorrow better than today. With the rest of Christmas, the tree comes down, the food gets all eaten, family goes home, the Mariah Carey song finally stops playing. Like, (laughs) it kind of goes away, but the gift... The gifts you get, they're still there. And that new bike that you got at Christmas, well, when it's not winter anymore, you're going to be able to ride that bike to school. That new basketball that you got, you're going to be able to play with that in the future. That new Nintendo Switch game, the the new sweater you're wearing, whatever it may be. In fact, how many of you here are wearing something that you got yesterday? Yeah. How many of you got something you didn't expect that you're super excited to be able to go home today and use? Yeah. Anybody here willing to admit that they're still trying to assemble something or put something together that they got yesterday? Yeah, we are in our family, actually. Because gifts are not just about the day they're given. They're about the future. And so this is why one reason why gifts are such a blessing is because it's not just a moment in time. You now have something. And the thing that you have, well, it makes life, especially if it's a good gift, it makes life better than it was before. There's a second reason why I think gifts are such a blessing, especially for kids, is that when you get a gift at Christmas, 
it's often something that you couldn't get for yourself. As adults, we lose this a little bit. If you didn't get the ear pods that you were really hoping for, well, I'll just kind of save up and get them on my own. But for kids, if you really wanted that Nerf gun and you didn't get it, you have no way to get it otherwise. If you really wanted that uh, new video game system and you didn't get it, you have no recourse to be able to get it on your own. If there was that cool skateboard that you were hoping for and it doesn't show up, well, what do you, you got to wait for your birthday or for next Christmas? And so gifts are so powerful because they often are things that we couldn't get by ourselves, yet they're given to us. For this reason, many children have that one gift that they're really hoping for or waiting for. That thing that they really wanted at Christmas. That one big gift that, hey, look, if I don't get anything else, if I get that, that will make my heart happy. Kind of like Ralphie and his Red Rider BB gun with carbine action from the movie A Christmas Story. Ralphie wants that one gift. And he is desperate to get it. And he goes and tries to ask Santa for it. And he dreams about it. And in his mind, he's envisioning if he has that BB gun, life is going to be a lot better. And if you've seen the movie, you might remember the scene where he and his mom and dad are sitting on the couch. And they're sort of like, they've opened all of their, at least we know, the audience knows most of the presents. But Ralphie thinks they've opened all the presents. And dad asks Ralphie, what'd you think of Christmas? And Ralphie says, it was pretty good. But we know he's lying. I mean, what he, all he wanted was the Red Ryder BB gun. That's all he wanted. And all the rest of the stuff, who cares about that stuff? At that point in the movie, he doesn't know that dad has hidden that present, uh, that he's going to end up getting it. But often there's that one big gift that we think, man, that is going to make all the difference in the world. Now, that's not just true for kids. It can also be true for adults. Maybe this Christmas you had that one big gift that you were hoping for, that thing that you couldn't get on your own, that thing that promised to change your future for the better. Maybe it was the engagement ring or that positive pregnancy test or that bonus from work that we too as adults can have our hearts set on that one big gift that if we could just have that, Man, that would change things. That would be fantastic. Well, it's not just kids or adults. It's also people in the Bible. They too have that longing for that one big gift, that thing that's going to make everything better, the thing that they want more than anything else in the world. And so this morning, I'd like to invite you to take a Bible and turn to the book of Genesis chapter 15. Genesis 15, which is page 11 in the church Bibles, we're going to look at what we might call sort of Abraham's Christmas wish list. We've been going through the book of Genesis as a church, and over the last few weeks, we've been really focused on the person of Abraham. His shorter name is Abram, and so when you hear it in the text, Abram or Abraham, and in Genesis 12, as we were going through that chapter, uh, Tom introduced it to us, and we talked about the fact that God promised to bless Abraham. He made him a promise, I'm going to bless you. 
And we've been watching as the weeks have gone by how God has been pouring out blessings on Abraham. By the end of chapter 12, Abraham has become a wealthy individual. He's got lots of possessions and lots of resources and God is giving them to him, making him wealthy. In chapter 13, Abraham gets settled in the land God's promised to him. That God's giving him a land and Abraham is finding his place, settling down in the land and making a life for himself. In chapter 14, we saw last week that God blessed Abraham by allowing him to participate in a very powerful worship service and to win a military battle. And the blessings seem like they're piling up one on top of each other. It's almost like Abraham is Ralphie at Christmas and he's opened up a bunch of presents. And now we're asking Abraham, what do you think of Christmas? What do you think of what you received? Look at his answer in in chapter 15, verse 1. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eleazar of Damascus? And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. How's Christmas, Abraham? You've gotten all these possessions. You've got a place in the land. You've had military victory. You're a very wealthy, successful person. What do you think about Christmas? Well, if I'm honest, Abraham says, I didn't get what I really wanted. (laughs) There was one big gift that my heart is set on. There's one thing that I desperately wanted that all the rest of the stuff, that's fine. But the one thing that I wanted more than any other gift, I wanted a baby. That's what I want. The emphasis on this one gift can be seen in verse two. Do you see the word give? Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me? That verb for give is a cal imperfect in Hebrew. And essentially what Abraham is saying is he's talking about all the individual gifts. All these individual gifts, the ones from chapter 12 and 13 and 14. He's like, what other individual gifts can you give me if I don't have a kid? If we just keep doing what we're doing, if you just keep pouring out these smaller blessings and you never give the one big gift, what good is it? In verse 3, Abraham shifts his focus to that one big gift. He says, you have given me. That's the same word, but he's changed the aspect, so it's now a cow perfect in Hebrew, which means that Abraham is now focused in verse three on the one big thing he wants. And he's effectively saying, hey, all those other things, they're great. But what are you ever gonna give me over here that could ever take the place of what I really, really want? That one big gift my heart is set on. Now why does Abraham so badly want a child? Why is this the one big gift he's longing for? Well, I think it's because children, more than anything else in all the world, represent 
life. Life. Abraham says, am I just supposed to go on accumulating stuff and have nobody to give this to? What's going to happen? He's thinking about his life ending and what more than anything in the world symbolizes life in this world is a child. When Adam and Eve sinned and God pronounced the sentence of death, the only strong hopeful thing that could even push back against the coming death was one thing. You'll be rescued and saved through childbearing. That God promised to give a child. That a child is the creation of life in a way that strikes back at death. When Eve gives birth to the first human in history, she says, with the help of God, I've created life. There is no other act that is quite the same as this. Death is coming for everyone. But when you have a child, You've created life, new life. In many ways, children represent life. Children are like love incarnate. Someone once said, a child is like taking your heart, giving it arms and legs, and letting it walk around outside your body. The joy that children have For those of us who are growing older and getting more tired, you see the strength, the vitality, the energy in a child, and we're drawn to that. Even if it's not your own child. Children represent life. We're reminded of this at Christmas because at least the way Christmas is celebrated in America, it's really mostly about kids. It's about the excitement and the joy, and during Christmas you think about Children. At Calvary, we normally do three Christmas Eve services, a 5, a 7.30, and a 10 o'clock. That 10 o'clock used to be at 11 o'clock. We did it at 11 o'clock because there was something that felt kind of cool about, hey, at the end of the service, it's midnight, Merry Christmas, go home and it's Christmas. But we started to think the problem with 11 o'clock is you almost got no kids in that service at all. And so we thought, is there any way we can move this earlier because the value of having kids in a Christmas Eve service far outweighs simply saying it's midnight right now at the end of the service. This year, Tom, who very gratefully, uh, I'm very grateful, does the 10 o'clock Christmas Eve service, asked and said, can we make sure that our scripture readers are children? Why? Well, because that's what Christmas is about. It feels like there's an energy, a joy, a blessing that comes with children. You could almost say this. It's going too far, but you could almost say this. Children, in some ways, are almost like eternal life. In the sense of you pass on to the next generation and it lets you outlive your death. That's what Abraham's saying. He's like, I got all this stuff I got all this blessing, but if I don't have someone to give it to, it's going to die with me. But with children, the next generation, you're able to pass on memories and traditions and possessions and resources, and in some ways, you get to outlive yourself and this child. And that when we see a church full of children, it feels like the church will continue to live on when this generation is gone. And so in that way, children are almost like life that doesn't end. 
They let you outlive your own lifespan. For this reason, Abraham desperately wants a child. Everything else is fine, but he wants a child. How does God respond to Abraham saying, well, Christmas was okay, but I didn't get the one big gift I wanted. Verse four, then the word of the Lord came to him. This man, Eleazar, who's just a servant in Abraham's household, will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said, so shall your offspring be. God gives to Abraham a promise, you are going to receive the one big gift that you are desperate for. That thing that you have set your heart on, God hears Abraham say, yeah, all the rest of this is fine, but that's what I want. And God responds with, all right, I'm gonna give it to you. Now, if we're honest, we may be here this morning and think, we're not gonna say it out loud, but we would think to ourselves, great, good for Abraham. (laughs) He got a child. But we might be thinking, but what about me? I've asked God for a child for a long time. I didn't get an answer to that prayer request. Or maybe you're thinking, the one big thing I've wanted from God is I feel estranged from one of my children or grandchildren or friend. And I'm desperately asking God if he would heal that relationship. And he's not done that yet. Or maybe the one big thing you've been asking God for this Christmas is a healing. Maybe it's for someone to be saved that you love and want to see come into the kingdom of God. Maybe there's this thing that you have been desperately wanting God to do and you're like, great, Abraham got a child. What did I get? There's actually something in what Abraham got that explains exactly what God would say to you this morning when you ask him, what about the one big thing I really, really wanted? What about that spouse or that child or that salvation or that healing or that help with that trouble and that difficulty? And what God says to each and every one of us this morning is that he is giving us the exact same thing he gave to Abraham. A child. A son. Of our own flesh and blood. That every single person is receiving from God at Christmas this present. A child. We announce it at Christmas with Isaiah 9. For to who? Us. A child is born. For to us. A son is given. To every single person. Every person. Young and old. Single. Married. Male. Female. 
the one big present that every single person who is willing to accept receives at Christmas is a boy, a child given to each and every person. When Abraham says, God, I got all this stuff, but I'm missing the one thing, what God gives to Abraham is the same thing he gives to us, which is here is a child. A son. And whether you're married or single, whether you're 10 years old or 70 years old, whether or not you're a man or a woman, the thing that we all get at Christmas is a baby, a child, a son of our own flesh and blood. This is God's gift to us. The gift that makes our future so much better than our present. The gift that we could never give to us. A child that changes everything. You see, when Adam and Eve sinned, God said, the thing that's going to overcome Satan, sin, and death is not just childbearing in general. That will push back against Satan, sin, and death. But the thing that will overcome Satan, sin, and death, the one big gift is that somebody is going to give birth to a baby. And that baby will bring with him everlasting life. But to be honest... God's answer to Abraham is not Isaac. God's gift to Abraham is Jesus. That Isaac is just a sign and a symbol that what God knows that Abraham really, really needs and wants is eternal life. That what a child does is bring an extension of life, but what Jesus brings is life that never ends. Life that death has no power over. Life that all of the blessings that God provides can continue forever and ever. And in a very real and tangible way, what you and I have been given at Christmas is the one big present. Yes, for many of us, most of us, we did not receive a little baby boy whose diapers have to be changed or who wakes us up when he cries. But in another very real, very tangible, very literal way, every single one of us has received a child, a son, given to us the one big thing that answers all our heart's desires. Life given to us in Jesus. So how do we respond to this? Well, when you're given a gift, you have a choice. You can accept the gift or you can return it. You can unwrap the gift or you can say, no, thank you. You can humble yourself and say, I don't deserve this, or you can say, no, I can't accept this. My encouragement to you today, this is the gift God is giving you at Christmas. All you have to do is accept it. All you have to do is receive the gift. All you have to do is say thank you. 
All you have to do is unwrap the gift and then the gift changes your life. If the Nintendo Switch stays in the box, nothing is going to be different about tomorrow than today. The same is true of Jesus. If he stays in a manger 2,000 years ago, nothing will be different about your tomorrow than today. But if you accept him, if you believe that that is a gift from God to you, that that baby who was born in a manger is not just a religious figure or not just some sort of story or tradition, but this is literally a gift from Almighty God, the creator of heavens and earth. He is giving you a gift. If you in your heart say, thank you, I accept, your tomorrow will be different than today. And the encouragement is, Don't turn your nose up at the gift. Don't ask for something else. This is the greatest thing. This will give you life unending. Death will have no power over you. You will most likely die, but then you will be raised from the dead and live forever. Accept the gift. The encouragement to those of us who have accepted the gift, meaning we're already Christians. Sometimes it's easy at Christmas to think about what you didn't get. And maybe this Christmas you're thinking about, I wanted that engagement ring and I didn't get it. I've been desperately asking God to give a baby and we're still not pregnant. I didn't want that health diagnosis. I wanted to be healed. I've been praying earnestly for our family to come back together after they've been fractured. I really wanted Christmas to feel different this year. I didn't want to be in debt. I didn't want to have this trouble. I didn't want to be going through this suffering that I thought would have ended by now. And the encouragement for us this Christmas is not to focus on what we didn't get, but what we did get. What every single one of us received is Jesus. It doesn't mean our families are all put back together. It doesn't mean that everybody believes. It doesn't mean that there's no medical problems. It doesn't mean that there's no more empty chairs from loved ones. But what it does mean is that you have been given the one big gift. You have been given the one in whom the wisdom of God dwells in bodily form. You have been given Jesus, our righteousness and justification from God. You have been given the one who is God over all things. He has been given to you. And what that does is when you reflect on the gift you have been given, when you think about all the things you haven't been given, it at least gives the perspective to be able to say, but with Jesus, I can go through those things. With Jesus, I can endure another difficult Christmas. With Jesus, I can face the death that is coming for me. With Jesus, I can handle the loneliness With Jesus, I can endure what's going on in the world around me. Because if you have everything else and not Jesus, it's a terrible Christmas. But if you have Jesus and not everything else, it's still a blessed Christmas. So we gather together this morning 
Not to think about all the things we didn't get. Not to think about all the ways Christmas could have been better. But to stop and to say to God, the one big thing, the one thing I desperately needed that I didn't even know I needed, you gave me. For to each one of us, a child is born. To every single person, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Almighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Thank you so much for joining us for this podcast from Calvary Church. We hope this message has brought the light and hope of God's presence into your life, refreshing your soul for the journey the Lord has you on. If you have a spiritual need or would like to connect further with the work God is doing through Calvary Church, seek us out online at calvarygr.org. On our website, you can also find an archive of previous messages from this series. Thanks for listening.